Author George O'Dell reminds us that we need one another when we mourn and would be comforted. We need one another when we are in trouble and afraid. We need one another when we are in despair, in temptation, and need to be called to our best selves again. We need one another in the hour of defeat, when with encouragement we might endure and rise again. All our lives we are in need, and others are in need of us. We come into this autumnal season deep in need. The story of the grand old tree reminds us of the cycles of our lives, how there is birth and growing, becoming rooted, and life sending forth into the sky. And then there's also the transition towards the end of life and finally returning to the earth again. We are in the middle of the autumnal season of this hemisphere. And after we've had the spring and the summer, we are now in the season of fall and harvest. These months at the end of this year become a time of transition in most years, every year, where the sun fades and the line between life and death grows thin. It is no wonder that so many cultures choose this time to reconnect with those who have died, whether in the past year or farther back in time. Uh, we have Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, which is a mix of Christian and pre-Christian celebrations. We have All Saints Day, All Souls Day. In the Mexican indigenous traditions, we have El Dia de los Muertos, where families gather and feed their beloved dead and welcome them into their home for kind of one night of all gathering together again. In China, there is the Ghost Festival. There are so many similar holidays and holy days across the world in, all, in most cultures. And now we, here in North America, these modern people that we are, what about us? Where do we find places to grieve and celebrate our departed dead? I wonder, have we lost some things along the way in trying to find ways back and recognize how to feel and how to recognize the depth of our struggles in all the seasons of our lives. Ours is not actually much of a culture that welcomes grief. We've abandoned a lot of the signs and symbols, the morning clothes, the wreath on the door, the time that allow the bereaved uh, room. Nowadays, we are in many ways a culture fixated on feeling good, doing better, this technique, this better diet. And people suffering the blows of death or loss can feel out of sync with the world or rushed to be fine once again. How are you doing? I'm fine, again. My colleague Dana Worsnop writes, I've talked to people a few months or weeks after a loss who worried that they are not getting over it in a timely enough manner. You know, there's that initial outpouring of sympathy and everyone else thinks uh, ends up kind of going along with their lives. This can make people think they are supposed to be well. 
We grieve a while, we might have a little window of time, and then we move on. But grief doesn't work like that. It stays with us for months and years, and we are never quite the same. It changes in us, and it changes us. There are sorrows around us every day, but we don't always have language to speak of that anguish. We are a pain-avoiding society, but as we avoid our collective grief, our capacity for being harmed by that increases. And when we avoid sorrow, I believe I saw that when we uh, don't pay attention to the past, then it becomes our future. We can become angry and bitter or people who live only by halves and be afraid of life's depths, not living into the fully human people that we can be. Again, Dana Worsnoff writes, what if we saw grief as the proof that the dead are still with us in spirit? What if we found a way to celebrate the truth? Imagine having an annual time to remember the dead. Each year we could see how our grief had changed. Each year that sadness would be different and we might be able to watch that sadness shift and maybe become more poignant and bittersweet and even have moments of joy in memory. We might also remember that each of us will, in our turn, die. We are fabulously mortal, and that in itself makes life holy, that we have this preciousness around us and within us that is unique to each one of us. I take this opportunity to think about the meaning of life's holiness um, in the Universalist tradition of all souls, where Universalist congregations across the South would remember the dead and share stories about those lives. Our Unitarian Universalist tradition of memorials indeed also accomplishes that task by bringing the deceased back to us for a moment in all of their beauty as well as some of their flaws. These fully human lives still live with us. I take it as a point that I have done my ministry well with a family and people who remember their beloved. When they come to me after a service and say, I felt like they were with us one more time. What a gift to be able to offer each other as well. What further complicates resistance to grief and the experience of grief itself is how so many sorrow, layers of sorrow are upon us in this year. We have a nation and a world in the throes of a pandemic with no end, no horizon. We have leadership actively denying the threat while our medical institutions are maxing out. And the numbers are rising. We also have in this moment the experience of a pandemic that brings to light economic and racial injustices and inequalities that have been with us for hundreds of years. And even the physical and emotional contact that would normally bring us joy or at least comfort, that also puts us in harm's way. We also recognize 
the suffering that is increasingly present as we see how climate change is affecting our weather and impacting places such as New Orleans and Louisiana again and again and again. There are so many layers of sorrow. For this year, grief and life are interwoven more than ever. To survive it, we can't merely wish it away. We need one another. We can enact, I will say, our great powers of naming and sharing and memory. Remind ourselves that we are not alone in any of these struggles. When shared, the preciousness of life, of individual lives, that preciousness is amplified and made fresh and in front of us once again. I want to offer a few moments to remember our beloved dead. And in this case, I'm going to start with kind of the largest sphere, what is going on in our world. And then we'll progress down to the congregation and down to the very personal. I think in this moment, I want to begin with the worldwide impact of COVID. In this country, as of Thursday, October 29th, the official record of deaths due to COVID-19 is over 228,000. And that's in the official count. I want to just pause and recognize that for one moment. I invite you to take a breath with me. Light a candle, if you would. I'll light a candle as well. Also in our larger world, as we become more cognizant of the impact of systems of oppression, I want to name a few of the people that we hold in our memory that have now become ancestors far before their time, including George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And there are so many more, but we'll start with those and have them hold the space for all the lives that have been lost due to systems of oppression. In our larger Unitarian Universalist world, we have elders who have been with us and keep calling us forward and remind us that what we value is worth our struggle. Uh, in fact, not only Unitarian Universalist, I'll start with two of the big names um, that we're really missing this year. Former Congressperson John Lewis and former Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Their legacies are deep and long and took their entire lives to create. May we be able to move forward and take up the effort that they started. 
and in Unitarian Universalism, we have our elders, Alondria Williams, David Petit, Ellen Brandenburg, Judith Clymer-Wells, and Jean Pickett. I'll offer a candle for them as well. Our membership coordinator, Nancy Rakoff, has a list of the members of this congregation who have died in this past year. We celebrate the lives of our dear friends while at the same time mourning their loss. Those members who enrich the lives of our beloved community who have left us in the past year are Shika Bhattacharya, George Grisham, Don Halford, Jean Hodel, Richard McDonald, Philip Marcus, Tim Pop, Maureen Whitty, Bernard Hickey, Dennis Harvey, William Rowetter, Steve Halleck, and John Miner. We started with reflecting on the losses in the world. Now I invite you to go deeper with your own personal accounting of names. Each of us has our own beloved from this year and from the past. I want to offer my own um, that I am remembering my step-grandfather, Leonard Demore, who died at the age of 95 um, from COVID-19 in late April. I know each of us has our own names and all the people that we remember. While we listen to an instrumental recording of the song, Come My Way, I invite you to name those who have died, to name them for yourself at home. You're welcome to light a candle, hold a stone, or simply pay attention to your breath. And if you wish, you're also welcome to share those names in the chat as well. Let us listen to Come My Way. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
The rest of the candles are lit for all the names that are among us, for all the names of the people that we remember, and for those whose names we don't even know, all of our beloved dead. We bring them with us in this moment. I want to offer a prayer by my colleague, Reverend Jude Geiger. Spirit of life, God of many names, source of love. As the wheel of the year turns through another season and the chill of the air is grows stronger, we pause to remember those we have lost in our lives. We remember the small moments that stand out against great stories, the breakfasts that were unnoticed at the time but take on so much more meaning now, the laughter, the hope, the dreams. May our loss turn our hearts into something different. May we find profound joy in the gift of knowing those we have loved. And may it teach us to cherish those around us even more. May our remembering of the lives we have known teach us to live fully into the lives we still live. Deepen our ties to the community we are surrounded by, or the families of our birth, or the families of our choosing. Our stories continue on. Our world needs our loving all the more in the season of cold winds and long nights. Remembering the wheel continues to turn, and the warmth we once knew will return again, anew, again and again. One of the ways that we help each other, that we embrace and support in our care, no matter how deep our losses, no matter how deep our struggle, no matter how great our grief, is if we can find ways to support each other, to care for each other, to just try and offer care in. One of the images of grief that I want to leave you with, something specific that I, I think might be helpful, uh, can create a more concrete image. I want to invite you to think of a box, a square, a box. And inside the box is a button and a large circle. And grief, when grief is fresh, that circle takes up, that ball takes up the entire box and that button that triggers our emotions and our sorrow and uh, all the depths of our feeling that gets hit again and again and again. Over time, time is how we often, the best solution for grief. But over time, that ball gets a little smaller and a little smaller at the pace that grief moves. And that ball hits that button less and less often. And that by itself can be a relief. But every now and then, sometimes when we least expect it, that ball will find that button one more time and we're right back into the depth of that moment of that sorrow and that loss. And in those moments, 
I hope that each of us has a chance to be supported, to be safe, to be comforted. In those moments, we can find ways to ease our hearts when things are activated. What often helps is time, again, but also company and singing. We may offer a song that might help ease when that button gets pushed. From Shelley Denham Jackson, a late Unitarian Universalist musician, and her work, When I Am Frightened. When I am frightened, will you reassure me? When I'm uncertain, will you hold my hand? Will you be strong for me, sing to me quietly? Will you share some of your stories with me? If you will show me compassion, then I may learn to care as you do. Then I may learn to care. When I am angry, will you still embrace me? When I am thoughtless, will you understand? Will you believe in me, stand by me willingly? Will you share some of your questions with me? If you will show me acceptance, then I may learn to give as you do. Then I may learn to give. When I am troubled, will you listen to me? When I am lonely, will you be my friend? Will you be there for me, comfort me tenderly? Will you share some of your feelings with me? If you will show me commitment, then I may learn to love as you do. Then I may learn to love. Our stories continue on. Our world needs our loving all the more, all the more in the seasons of cold winds and long nights. Remember that the wheel continues to turn and the warmth we once knew will return again and again and again. <laughs>